Good morning, church. My name is Tony. Uh, we'll be reading from Genesis chapter 2 this morning. It'll be Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Then Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. You can find that on page 2 of the church Bible. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Chapter 3 verse 1 to 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Good morning, church. My name is Alan, if we haven't met. And the second Bible reading today comes from Romans chapter 6, verses 15 to 23 can be found on page 915 of the Church Bibles. So we're looking at Romans chapter 6, verses 15 to 23. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves... You are slaves of the one you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. 
Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're going to spend uh, a little bit of time thinking about what we've just read from the Bible. Just give me a moment to organise my bits of paper. And as I do that, I'm going to ask for God's help so that we understand uh, what we're we're reading. Please join me as we pray. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for your word and thank you that the Bible is your gift to us to light our path and to give us clarity and hope in the middle of confusion. And so we pray, Father, that you would be really kind to us this morning and help us to understand, each one of us, just what it is that we need to understand this morning. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Christmas is nearly on us, doesn't it? And what does that mean? Shopping. Christmas shopping, right? Every year it's the same deal, working through that list of all the people you've got to buy presents for and trying to work out what's something that they're going to like. I, uh, yeah, this, this is the stuff of nightmares for me, trying to, trying to work out what's the perfect Christmas present for that person just gets me shaking and sweating. Let me ask you this morning, what, what's the best Christmas present you've ever been given? Think back, what's the best, most memorable Christmas present you've ever been given? Or, what's the best Christmas present you've ever given someone? You think, I nailed it with that one. What's the best present you've ever given? My most memorable Christmas present that I was given, the one which which has all the most amazing memories, just excited me more than any other present, was this. It's called Digital Derby. It was made by Tomy. Uh, this was a game, right? It's like fully mechanical. So it's got this switch on the right-hand side to change the speed to go faster or slower, and then it's got a physical steering wheel. That's it. And it's got this sort of track tape thing with pictures of cars on it that rolls through, and you're moving that little plastic car in the middle, and if it touches one of those little pictures of cars, it goes... Bzzz. And you're out. Uh, This is the present that fills me with most happy memories. I was so excited. Which tells you two things. First, it tells you I'm cheap, right? (laughs) I got pretty low standards. And secondly, it tells you that I was very young when I got this. Well, you hope I was very young. And I was. I was very young. So if you want ideas on the best present you could possibly buy someone for Christmas, I'm obviously not your go-to guy for ideas. So... To try and give you some ideas, I went right to the top. Here are some Christmas shopping ideas from the Rob Report's Ultimate Gift Guide. Now, this is like a magazine for the mega-ultra-rich, 
And this is their ultimate gift. Just a few little samples, a few little samples. Uh, what about for that beloved pet? A dog kennel designed by Michael Tavano. It's stylish, fashionable, with luxurious yet durable fabrics which repel all those doggy odors. Starting at $12,500. You might think, why spend all that cash on an animal, right? But, okay, guys, guys, here's something for that special woman in your life. A Chanel alligator and diamond handbag. It has a white gold chain strap and signature 18 karat gold lock paved with 348 brilliant cut diamonds. Price around $350,000. If you need to know the exact figure, it's not for you. But actually, that's just small change. If you want to really impress, if you want to really impress, how about this? A 10-day holiday on the International Space Station <laughs> starting in 2020. This is real. Starting in 2020, but you can book now. You can put your name down and pay a cool $55 million dollars for a 10-day holiday. But if you, if you feel like that's just a bit pricey, don't worry. We're assured there is Wi-Fi. True story. There is Wi-Fi. So much of Christmas in our society seems to be about presents, doesn't it? Seems to be about presents and buying gifts. And Do you think God is into giving Christmas presents? Is that, is that your idea of God? Do you, do you think of God as a lavish, generous giver of gifts? My gut feeling is that a lot of people in Australia today don't think of God as a generous, lavish gift giver. Most people don't think of God as being generous at all. They think of him as being more like a stingy, hard-hearted, control freak, who mostly has a big frown and he's carrying a big stick just waiting to whack anybody who does anything wrong. This morning, I want us to see from the Bible that the true God who made the world is not like that at all. In fact, this morning, we're really just going to look at one verse from the Bible. And this verse has a very simple message. God has offered you and me the most extravagant, lavish, precious, generous gift that ever existed, eternal life, eternal life. And that's a gift that God is offering you and me this Christmas time. So the verse that I want to look at this morning is, it's the last verse that we read. Uh, it's on page 915. So if you closed, if you have one of these blue Bibles and you closed it, please open it again to page 915. It's Romans chapter 6, verse 23, just before that big number 7. The last sentence before that big 7, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This, this is God's message, the Bible's message. God is offering us eternal life as a present, as a free gift. But the really crucial thing is to understand how to receive that gift how to receive that gift. Otherwise, it'll be of no use. Now, 
to understand how this verse works, to get into it, uh, you need to know that Paul's describing every person in the world as a slave of one of two masters. Okay, that goes for you, for me, for the world's most powerful dictator and for the world's poorest beggar and everyone, all the nobodies in between, all of us, our master is either sin or God. It's either sin or God. Uh, Paul's actually just been talking, to, talking about that in the lead-up that uh, we heard before, before verse 23. So back in verse 20, he says, he's writing to the Romans who had become Christians, the, the Roman church, but he says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. But then in verse 22, a couple of sentences later, he says, but now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. And all of us are in one of those camps, either slave to sin or slave to God. Now, you might find that a bit offensive because what's that, what that's saying is that you're not really free. You're not really free. Lots of people, uh, especially successful people, self-made successful people, they, they think that they're independent from any master. You know what it's like, independent of any boss. I made it in life all by myself. I don't answer to any boss. I'm free. And so for people like that especially, it's insulting to think that they're slaves to anyone or to anything. What do you think freedom is? What's your definition of true freedom? What's your definition of true freedom? Here's one answer I found, and I think this would be a pretty common answer, okay? True freedom is the ability for each person to live as they desire, okay? True freedom is the ability of each person to live as they desire. Does that sound about right to you? You only have to think about that for about three seconds to realize that that would not be true freedom. That would be hell on earth. That would be hell on earth. Just watch the news one day and imagine if all those people you see on the news could live as they desire, could do absolutely everything that they desire. Kim Jong-un, Donald Trump, Putin, the, the, the pedophiles, the foiled terrorist plots, the rapists, the, the con artists, the banking executives. Just imagine if they could live out everything they desire. Would that be freedom? But it gets much closer to home. Think about all your ugly desires. You know, those desires that come into your head that you don't tell anyone because they're too ugly. Those desires to hate and to hurt, to get revenge, desires to cheat a little bit just to make a bit more money, desires to hurt somebody. If, if you could live out all those desires, would that be freedom? And then to imagine that everybody you know, everyone you've ever met in your life also had the same freedom to live out all their desires against you, to get revenge, to get their hands on that money and so on. You can thank God that that sort of freedom is impossible for human beings because it would be hell on earth. And the reason it would be hell on earth is because our world is actually in slavery to sin. See, sin isn't just uh, about killing and torturing people. Sin simply means 
ignoring the true God who's revealed himself through Jesus. It means wanting to be independent from God, wanting to be your own person, living for yourself and not for him. That's actually what we saw in the first reading we had from from Genesis and Adam and Eve in the garden and and the fruit. Uh, That's not all about, you know, whether apples or mangoes are, are good or bad. What that was about was people not wanting God to be in charge of their lives, but wanting to be independent of him. That's what sin is. And that decision, that mindset to be independent of God, that's going to lead to a whole lot of actions which hurt other people and which hurt yourself and which, are, uh, which don't please God because trying to free yourself from God is not freedom at all. It's a different kind of slavery. It's a different kind of slavery and it's the sole reason that our lives and our world are full of competition and greed and jealousy and unfaithfulness and, and lies. Now, there is a type of freedom that we can find. There is a type of freedom because the Lord Jesus said, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Okay, he was talking about himself as the one who can give us true freedom, but that freedom isn't being independent of any master. It's being a slave to God. It's being a slave to God. Because true freedom isn't being able to live out everything you desire. True freedom is always desiring what's good and then being able to do that. And when God is your master, he, he begins to transform your desires uh, so that they're good and right and centered on him. And so that's why true freedom is about being a slave to God because he frees you to be the best possible version of yourself. God frees you to be the best possible version of yourself and to discover and enjoy and grow into everything that you were made for. Now, I've um, just summarized a good chunk of this section of Paul's letter to the Romans. We haven't gone through it verse by verse. But maybe at this point you're thinking, look, Stephen, I don't care. Uh, I disagree. I prefer to go my own way rather than giving my life to God. Maybe you'd rather be a slave to sin if that means that you can be a self-made person, that, that I can be in charge of my own destiny. Now, if that's the case, verse 23 is very important because it tells you what that destiny will be. Okay, If you want to be your self-made person apart from God, this is what your destiny will be. Because uh, these two masters, we'll get to it in a second, these two masters, sin and God, they deal with people very differently, Okay, in very different ways. Let me ask you, what, uh, which of these two things gets you more excited? There, there might be two kinds of people in the room, right? Which of these two things gets you more excited? This or this? It's a check. If you can't see it. It says, okay? Which one of those, which one of those gets your heart beat going? Gets your, I think there are two different kinds of people, aren't they? This is about a present. This is you think of a paycheck. This is what you can earn for yourself. What gets you more excited? A nice-looking present or a nice, fat paycheck? Because these represent the different way that these two masters, God and sin, deal with people. Okay, When it comes to master number one, sin, he's all about seeing if you can earn eternal life for yourself. He goes, okay, eternal life's out there. You've got to earn it. And if you earn it, I'll give you the check. But God 
is very different. We're going to see that God offers eternal life as a gift through Jesus as a present. Uh, Now, for some reason, a lot of people don't want to receive eternal life as a gift from God. They want it as a paycheck. They want to earn it. I I don't quite get that. Well, I do. I I think it's something to do with it, it injures our pride. Okay, it injures our pride to think that I might not be able to earn my way to heaven. We, we kind of want God to owe us eternal life. And so we think, no, I can get there. I can get there by my good deeds. I can get there by being a good person. I wonder if you're one of those people. Are you hoping to be able to earn your way to heaven like a paycheck? Well, if that's the case, it does mean that sin is your master. You've chosen that way of sin being your master because you haven't accepted God's gift in Jesus. So listen very carefully to the first bit of our verse. It's there, Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. See, the Bible tells us very clearly here, you cannot earn your way to eternal life. If you try, if you want to go the pay packet, the paycheck way of getting to heaven, then the thing you will earn is death. That's the only thing you will earn. And, and, and this isn't just talking about physically dying. It's talking about dying and facing the judgment of God, your king, for being a sinful rebel. The Bible makes it very clear. It's not just difficult to earn your way to eternal life. It is impossible. The only thing you can earn is death. And the reason is that we've got a really warped standard of what's good or bad. I'm going to illustrate this um, by playing a little game with you. Okay, This is an interactive game. Some of you have seen it before. Just play along. I call this the goodometer. Okay, The goodometer. Uh, so we all know okay, that... Some people are good, some people are bad, some people are in between. And and so this is like a scale. At the bottom, you've got pure evil, and at the top, you have complete perfection. Well, God's perfect, okay? So God's up the top. And we all know that everyone sits kind of somewhere in between those two. Some people higher, some people lower. So I want you to help me place people on this goodometer. Tell me where they should go, okay? Uh, let's, Let's start with the Pope. Pope, you know... Okay, I've got conflicting answers. I've got conflicting answers. Uh, I put him there. Oh, he's a good guy. You know, he's a good guy. But, all right, let, this one perhaps won't be conflicting answers. Hitler? Hitler, where? Middle? No? Down, down, down. down. Hitler. Hitler. Right down, the, you know, pretty close to pure evil. Um, okay, Pope was controversial. Let's try another controversial one. Mother Teresa? <laughs> up, up. Okay, I've, I've had a few enthusiastic. Oh, there we are. Mother Teresa, up. All right, sorry if you just can't stand sporting things, but Dave Warner, Australian cricketer, Dave Warner. <laughs> putting, what do you reckon? We've, so the thing is, Dave Warner, like a year ago, was like that, but it's, I reckon most people go, nah, Dave, he's all right, actually. We, we're kind of forgiving him. So let's stick Dave somewhere around the middle, Dave Warner. All right, um, Trump. Donald Trump. Oh, I've I've stuck him down. Not he's not Hitler, is he? But you know, I put him down there somewhere. Uh, all right, Barack Obama. I've I've seen yeah Obama. 
he's, he's above Trump, at least, surely, you know. Well, it depends. Okay. Um, <clears throat> a banking executive? <laughs> Where are we going to put banking executives? Let's just lump them all together and be judgmental. There they are. <laughs> there are the banking executives. Uh, and we'll finish with a non-controversial and serious one as well. Uh, pedophiles. Yeah, pedophiles, right? Along with Hitler, pure evil. Oh, sorry, I forgot one. You. Where would you put yourself... In that, <laughs> where would you put yourself? Where, where do you think? <clears throat> there? Where would you put yourself in terms of how what how good a person you are? What do you think? You know what most people say, and actually, even those who are giving the good answers, most people say about the middle, don't they? Because <laughs> I'm not a pedophile. I'm not a Hitler, but I'm not a Mother Teresa. Most people put themselves in the middle. Right, next question. We all know that there's a line that kind of separates who's going to inherit eternal life, who's going to heaven, and, and who's going to the other place. Where do you think the line is? Okay, you know what most people say? <laughs> Wherever the line is, I think I'm just above it. <laughs> That's what most people say, isn't it? You know what the Bible says? There is a line. There is a line. And everyone who's below that line will face God's judgment and go to hell. And everyone who's above that line is going to heaven. That's where the line is. Romans chapter 6, verse 20, uh, 3, verse 23. I beg your pardon, that's a typo. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short. Of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And what that tells us is what we've seen here as well trying to earn your way to heaven is a dead end. Literally, it's a dead end. Well, if eternal life is not a pay packet, then there's only one other option, and that's to hope that God might somehow offer it to us as a gift, even though. We don't deserve it. And that's exactly what God has done. That's what our verse tells us, isn't it? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God offers eternal life as a gift. And see, there's the thing about gifts. You don't pay for them, do you? If you did, they wouldn't be a gift. You get them for free. That's pretty obvious. And and the more valuable the gift, the more special it makes you feel to be given that gift, doesn't it? I mean, if, if, one of, if your best friend gave you a genuine, like, non-imitation, you know, gold-plated Rolex watch, how would that make you feel? If your best friend gave you 10 days on the international... Okay, no, let's go back to the, the watch. If they gave you... It would make you feel pretty special and loved and valuable, wouldn't it? Well, God doesn't offer you a Rolex. He offers eternal life, and that means resurrection to a new life on the other side of the grave with a new body that won't break down. It means a new life of joy and purpose and contentment which will last 
forever with no more broken relationships, no more disappointment and betrayal means life with God freed to be the very best version of yourself forever. And God offers that as a real, genuine, free gift, not because he owes us, not because he has to, but just because he loves us immensely. And that's what he's like. He's generous beyond our wildest imaginations. Now, how does that make you feel? Well, it should make you feel more loved and special and valuable than anything else. Now, I've had people say to me, look, I just can't believe it. That's just too good to be true, that God would give eternal life as a gift. That's too good to be true. Well, do you know how you can know for sure that this is real, this offer? Because he's shown us the receipt. He's shown us the receipt. God has shown the whole world just how much it cost him to offer us this gift. It cost us the life of his son. And that's the other thing that this verse tells us about eternal life. It's all tied up with the Lord Jesus. Do you notice how it ends the verse? I'll finish it this time. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, there's a lot packed into that phrase, in Christ Jesus our Lord, but the most important thing is this. Jesus was the cost of God's amazing gift of eternal life. Gifts are things that you don't pay for, right? You get them for free, but of course, gifts aren't actually free. They cost someone, don't they? They're free for you because the giver paid. And for God to offer us eternal life for free, the cost was unimaginable because he had to solve this problem of us turning away from him and wanting to be independent of him and the wages of sin is death that's there's no way around that god god can't just say oh boys will be boys it's okay he's the holy god and sin is just too evil sin brings death and there's no way around that so jesus went through it for us Jesus went through it for us. When Jesus, the Son of God, died on a Roman cross in around 30 AD, he died our death for us. He took the penalty for our sin. That's, that's the whole reason he came as a man, which is what we remember at Christmas. He came as God in the flesh to bear the full cost of our turning away from God. Can you see how amazingly generous God is? He was there watching as we turned our backs on him, and yet he took the full cost of that in the death of his son, the Lord Jesus, for us, so that he could offer us the most precious gift there is, eternal life. And bundled into that gift of eternal life, there's this diamond in the middle, which is the most precious thing of all, and that is the full forgiveness of all our sin, of our rebellion and turning away from God. God wipes the slate clean, and, clean and, and takes away all the guilt and the shame of our sin. And he says, you're forgiven. That, that's the diamond in the middle. And, and this gift, well, it never ends. It goes on forever beyond death to eternal life. The pay packet for our sin is death. God offers us eternal life as a free gift through Jesus so how do you receive the gift? 
how do you receive it? See, with any present, you, you can accept it or you can go, oh, no, no I, I don't want to take that, thanks. How do you accept God's present of eternal life? <clears throat> well, it's quite simple. You need, <clears throat> excuse me, you need to change masters. You need to switch from being a slave to sin to being a slave to God. And that's it. That's it. Remember, there's no need to pay anything or to pay back anything or to earn it or try and deserve God's love. It's a free gift that God gives to everyone who belongs to him. So how do you switch masters? Uh, well, once again, the key is the Lord Jesus. Okay, the key is the Lord Jesus. The way you make God your master is simply by turning to his son, Jesus, by giving your life to him, submitting to him as your Lord and trusting him as the one who died to save you. Let me illustrate it again by going back to my goodometer. Where are we up to? This is where we're up to, but I've added in a cross at the top about the death of Jesus. This is where we're up to. That's the line. We're all underneath. What's the solution? The solution is not trying to drag the line down so that somehow it's under me. And the solution is not trying to climb up to get over the line What's the solution? Well, there is a solution. You know, there is a line dividing those who will have eternal life and those who won't, but it's not a horizontal line, not anymore. Because Jesus died on the cross for us, the line's now vertical. Because the thing that determines whether you or I have eternal life is not whether we've been good enough. It's how we've responded to Jesus, to the Lord Jesus whether we've rejected him or turned to him and trusted in him. Ignore where those other names are now. I'm just purely for the purpose of illustration. But of course, the question, the question is which side of the line you're on, isn't it? The question is which side of the line are you on? It's pretty simple, isn't it? It's, it's really not complicated. Uh, Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Then he says, but if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Not, not free from God, but free in God, free with God, free for God forever. I know it can be hard to think of turning and giving your life to Jesus. Remember, it's a pride thing. It's hard for our pride to cope with receiving that gift of eternal life because it, it means admitting we're wrong, doesn't it? It means admitting... God is right and we need Jesus. It means admitting God doesn't owe you anything. And it can be hard to swallow your pride and do that, can't it? But please, please, can I beg you, don't let your pride get in the way of this gift. Don't let your pride and stubbornness get in the way of this gift. You'll regret it for eternity. God is offering you the most extravagant, lavish, incredible, generous, expensive Christmas present ever simply because his love is so enormous and he paid the highest possible price for it the life of his son the Lord Jesus he spared no expense so I want to ask you this morning and invite you to accept Jesus as Lord and to receive the, the gift of eternal life that God offers uh, if you want to talk about that please come and talk to me later I'd love to talk more uh, but if you're ready to do that I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray on all behalf on behalf of all of us and thank God um, but also this might be helpful for you if you want to receive this gift.
God, when we look at um, our world and our lives and when we're really honest and look into our hearts, we do realize not only that we have all turned away from you and sought to live independently from you, but we do know the consequences of that and we see how that corrupts us and corrupts our relationships. Heavenly Father, I want to pray that all of us this morning will see with great clarity the options before us of either continuing to be a slave to sin or being your slave and finding true freedom through Jesus. And so this morning, I want to ask that you'd help each of us to turn to Jesus, give our lives to him, trust in him, and receive that gift you're offering. Thank you so much. And we thank you in the name of Jesus, your son. Amen.